Welcome to the Truth of the Matter Is podcast. This is episode 112. And the main thing for this podcast is called Better to Receive Than Achieve on Fasting. So I'm your host, Daniel, and I'm alongside Jonathan. And we appreciate everyone for listening today. Before we begin, let's give a round of applause to all who decided to join us today. We thank you, and I hope that you continue to press play during your own time. So, Daniel, how's your week been for you? My week has been uh, pretty hectic. A lot of um, some dental work done. A lot of different things taking place at work. So, as usual, it's uh, been a busy week. What about you? Uh, It's been pretty tough. It's this time of year during the summertime where business is not as busy but god came through on friday and saturday and today so obviously you know going into it i wasn't completely sure how things would shape up but it worked for my benefit in the end i'm thankful i'm appreciative and uh this week i've just been a little bit stressed than normal got a lot of things going on and a lot of stuff i'm thinking about so I suppose that tends to happen not intentionally where you have so many things going on that you're thinking about at the same time, but you know, you have to sort of carb carb uh, you have to sort of carb uh, compartmentalize. Yeah, can't say that word. It's hmm. all good. I have words I struggle on as well. Yeah. But you know, that's what we're here for. You know, we, we cover each other. So, yeah. So, yeah, you know, prioritize things and put it into perspective and compartmentalize. Take one thing. Yeah. Uh, carp, uh, compartmentalize. Carp- now you got me messing with <laughs> <laughs> Right. It's all good. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, that, that's kind of how I would sum up my week. But, you know, you know, I love, I love situations like that, though, where you have to really sit down and focus on one thing at a time it almost makes the week feel like it's going by super fast because you're so hyper focused at pretty much all and every single time where it's like okay i'm doing this and then after i'm doing this then i gotta do this and after i do this then it's just everything comes one after the next and next thing you know things that were um hard or things that seem like it'll be impossible to figure out you don't know how you're gonna make it through you just start knocking them down one by one and it's like you get this momentum going and next thing you know something that may seem like it was gonna be very difficult or you didn't understand the outcome of it and all the stress that you feel is like well this was definitely necessary because look at me now i conquered every single task that i had on my list or the majority of it i understand exactly what to do from here on out and is it's a great feeling so when challenges arise i actually i really enjoy it mm, you embrace them i appreciate that yeah well you know as a you you understand as well as a competitive person that's how i look at my goals it's almost like it's a sport you mm-hmm. know especially when there's some type of thing that is supposed to be a problem or something that is supposed to uh you know distress me it's like okay well let's see if that actually happens and then you get better from it so yeah absolutely all right, so let's 
kind of get started. First and foremost, we pray here. So we'll, we'll get started with that. Father God, in Jesus' name, we, we thank you. We honor you. We praise you for who you are. You're Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, the first and the last. The one who has come and is still to come. The name that is above all names. The one who everyone will stumble at the mention of your name. That same name where every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess that you are Lord. Lord, you are worthy to be praised. Lord, as we go to your word, I pray that we don't forget who you are, but that we are reminded of your goodness, your justice. So, Lord, inform us, guide us into all truth as your disciples and followers. All who see it this way and agree to follow the shepherd as sheep. Say these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the topic of discussion that's on the menu for today is fasting. We won't be with you long, but we plan to give you something to think about. This is our intention for today. So the passage we're going to be looking at is Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 through 18. And we're going to look at this in the Amplified Version. And whenever you are fasting, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they put on a sad face and dismay face like actors, discoloring their faces with ashes or dirt, so that their fasting may be seen by men. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, they already have their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head, as you normally would to groom your hair and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by people, but by your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. All right. So before we get started, of course, Daniel, you're welcome to join in, comment, questions, be a part of this. So let's unpack this by first defining fasting first and foremost. Fasting is to voluntarily reduce or eliminate your intake of food for a specific time and purpose. So the truth of the matter is for the followers of Christ, the purpose of fasting really is for preparation to do something that God is calling you to do. It can be to bring one to repent. And of course, true repentance brings about a change in that person's actions, him or her specifically. A person fasting maybe is trying to, of course, grow closer to the Lord. And if you're going to try to grow closer to the Lord, fasting is one of those suggestions that are made if you're trying to go closer to the lord then you want to hear from him more clearly and fasting is one of those ways finally i think of divine information and we'll talk about that a little bit more later but it's important that i mention it up in the forefront so to address the elephant in the room of course Traditionally, that means culturally, around the world, fasting is a practice that's 
been passed down from generation to generation. So no, those who are followers of Christ, we did not develop fasting just like we did not develop the idea of tithing either. It's been around for a while. But the use of it in reference to fasting can be for discipline methods. It can be for health benefits. It can be for religious and spiritual preparations. It can be for strike rebellions. I learned a lot about that when I studied the women's suffrage movement. They would fast and in that period of time, they would be forced to eat food. Some of the stuff I thought was pretty interesting in my history studies. And throughout history, fasting and its purposes have grown and developed. Gandhi, of course, is another one who fasted, right? He went on hunger strikes. Today, we will stay, of course, within the guidelines of biblical reasoning for the believer. So here are some basic types of fasting that I can think of off the top of my head in regards to what is designated and suggested for people within the church and where they can start. So there's something called a full fast where you, you only drink water. Pretty tough fast. I would say that's not something that's for beginners. There's something I'm not going to lie. So my first fast, actually, to, to chime in for mm-hmm. a little bit, was actually a, a full fast where it was only drinking water. Okay. And I did that for three days straight. Okay. Did you abstain from anything or it was just, just a fasting? Were you trying to reset things health wise? What, what was the reason for it? No, I had some goals I wanted to accomplish and, um, to show my seriousness to the Lord, um, how, how committed I was to it. I said, I'm going to do a three day fast mm. and it was just only water. Okay, but and but you did your normal activities. You did your normal activities like video games or TV. Um, did I play games? No, nah, I think I was just honestly I was just in the room. Now that I think about it, mm. I was just in the room. I would read or I would just sit in the dark. Okay, I actually remember that one. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't do anything. Okay, that was a real tough one. Okay, so you've done the full fast. Interesting. All right. Mm-hmm. There's something called a liquid fast where you only drink fruit juice. You only drink fruits that are juiced or your broth, right? Bone broth. I know my mom named that a while back. There's the Daniel fast, point intended. Yes. But the Daniel fast, most people know yes. about this from the book of Daniel chapter yes. 10, verse 2 and yes. 3. Uh-huh. <laughs> But in this fast, you you basically eat no meat, no sweets, no bread. You only drink water and juice, eat fruits and vegetables only. So if anyone's interested. I will say this, right? Mm -hmm. As a vegan, as I have done veganism before, um, I hate, first of all, they try to make it seem like being a vegan is some type of religion or something when it's not. Mm -hmm. Um, But. You do have more energy. At first, it's a little tough to get used to, like the first week. Like you may feel depleted. It's because your body seems like it's resetting almost. But then I will say you 
definitely feel sharper mentally and you do have a lot more energy especially if you pair that with working out so gotcha well from what i understand the whole eating meat thing is the, the whole idea of back in the day right there so i mean old testament wise god did have the children of israel staying away from certain animals because they weren't healthy to eat and obviously if you're thinking about barbaric lifestyles and whatnot and different parts of the world they do eat other animals that necessarily everybody doesn't eat so over time obviously in the book of acts that was debunked where at least within the dream of peter god told him that all animals sacred and of course the things that he was taught that he should stay away from he was invited to consume so things obviously changed because all of god's creation is good now in regards to the rastafarians and those that don't like to eat things with a face i think for some people they just can't stomach the idea of what happens to those animals right they get slaughtered they go through this process of being sprayed even our vegetables right there are a lot of people are, are super sensitive with what happens to the food before we even get it so i think to that degree they can't in good faith eat those things right but i'm a different person i'm a different cat i like my chicken wings i like my burgers i like those certain things but some people are just very against the whole idea especially sausage they're just not into it in the preparation aspect and what happens to cows and all that and i understand i respect their decision but for me i will still be eating my meat of course i do lean more to the lean meats and once upon a time you know with the whole pig and sows thing i don't eat that anymore that is one thing i don't i don't know do you eat that anymore I just had it last week, actually. Oh, did you enjoy it? Yeah. All right. it was, I only eat for years, though. Okay. All right. All right. The pudding was good. I have to admit, the pudding was good. The black pudding is good. Yes. Too. Yeah. All right. So the last one, so we just talked about the Daniel Fast. How are you just going to just gonna bypass the Daniel Fast? Like, it's not... No, I, w- I had no... This is the best no thing we talked about on the podcast. Nah, I wasn't going to bypass it. Of course, because your name is out mentioned. of 112. No, it has nothing to do with it. <laughs> of course, out of it the, is. Out of, listen, out of, <laughs> <laughs> just admit it. Of course, it is. Are you trying to make it such a short segment? Any other time you want to talk for like 30 minutes about one scripture, but the Daniel fast gets a mere three minutes. This is what we're doing. Well, I did reference. I the feel passage. like the next 10 episodes, 20 episodes, should all be about the book of Daniel. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I did mention the passage. We'll get to it eventually. I'm pretty sure we'll still it's always be always eventually. It's on never air. now. Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay, so you have the, the partial fasting. Now, I know a lot of people are familiar with that, so I'll run through that. So the partial fasting is where, at least if you're dealing with Hebrew, Hebrew or Jewish time, it will start at 6 a.m. and it will end at 3 p.m., right, from sunup to sundown, and you intend to give up something. That's the basic premise of the partial the partial you know fasting you're going to give up something right something you normally rely upon so some examples is caffeine right there are a lot of people that love coffee if you're fasting maybe you might give that up sweets there's a lot of people that have to have something sweet dessert right there's one meal a day version right you can only 
eat one meal. Now I've done that. I've done 11 days and I've had one meal. One meal. Now during that period in time, you can also replace other things that you're doing with, of course, prayer and worship. Right? This type of fasting, obviously, can there is no specific amount of days. So I've seen it been done for one day, three days, five days. And I've mentioned I've done it for 11 days. But the flexibility and the choice is up to you. Partial fasting is usually done around Lent. Obviously, that's before Easter or Resurrection Day. People normally practice the Lent. Most churches do this type of fasting, and they do it together. And, of course, there's the inclusion of abstaining from away from all forms of secular things, right? So you have the media influencement now, programming, right? Television, radio, podcasts. And you could obviously be much more intentional by limiting yourself solely to the Word of God, Christian content, such as books, music, television, podcasts, obviously with biblical context, like the Truth of the Matters podcast, right? Would be a great example of biblical content that could be included during this period of time of you trying to abstain from secular things. That you know what's crazy too? Yeah, what's up? After you, um, after you do that too, you you develop a disdain <laughs> yep. for some of the stuff that you hear. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very nice feeling to be like, well, I was ever listening to this crap. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Most people usually yeah. feel renewed. They feel changed. They have a different pep in their step. And they sort of realize that when they're staying away, they probably realize how much it might've been corrupted their thought process by having those influences, right? There are some people that really get this scrub it all out right and there are others that have the ability to manage and i'm one of those people i can manage it i enjoy certain things and i can separate the two it doesn't completely compromise me overall but for others it does and you know paul talks about that right there's different levels and different stages where in our faith walk and as a result of that not everybody is able to separate things and have you know things of enjoyment that are secular and things that aren't there are some that are like completely you know they have a huge huge problem with the inclusion of all the other things and you know to each his own now for those who are wondering and i've already mentioned have i fasted before i'll give you my perspective a little bit more because there's something about it that i want to share that's going to kind of lead into why the title and Daniel mentioned at the top of the podcast is important. But let's look at something that Jesus said. There was a word used in verse 16 that was very important. And the word was that was used was gloom. So let's define that. Gloomy, to be unhappy and have no hope. So when fasting, the point is not to be unhappy. The goal is to actually experience God. The truth of the matter is, having no expectation to feel good or experience God in some way, in my humble opinion, is unacceptable when it comes to fasting. 
So let's hear the rest of the context now that we know what gloomy means. Daniel? Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they put on a sad and dismayed face, like actors discoloring their faces with ashes or dirt, so that their fasting may be seen by men. So fasting is a personal thing. It's just sacrifice to God. Again, fasting is a personal thing. It's your sacrifice to God. Now, I mentioned at some point in there the inclusion of the church. Now, obviously, if you're fasting as a church, then you're included with others. And the verse that I love to use all the time, and I can actually plug in one of the groups that we have on Facebook called I'm a Believer, is all based upon... Romans chapter 1, verse 12, where it says, let us be mutually encouraged by one another's faith. So someone's faith is strong and balanced and well, and we see someone operating in it, we can learn a thing or two about how that person is operating in it. We can ask questions, we can inquire about it, and in some cases, what's being shared could actually be extremely helpful when it comes to maybe how we might be overlooking the way we're approaching life or the way that we're approaching our tasks every day. So with that being said, sometimes approaching and attacking things as a unit can be useful, right? Because if you're struggling and you need some assistance, that's what the body of Christ is for. It's supposed to be there to help you along that path to hold you accountable. And we need accountability. The scriptures hold us accountable and Members within a church or members within a, a Bible study environment is there for you as well. So, again, fasting is a personal thing. It's your sacrifice to God. Right. So the Bible, of course, is full of patterns, principles, and precepts. And here we can actually identify a pattern. Right. Something I noticed. Jesus had the same thing to say when it came to giving. Not just fasting. That if you're going to give, he suggests that you do it in secret, right? Your father, of course, will reward what is done in secret, right? Jesus pointed out that the Pharisees, Sadducees, the chief priests would announce their good deeds with the sound of trumpets. And he said that, of course, they already had received their reward in full. That reward, of course, was public praise and acknowledgement from their peers, right? The episode where we discussed this was episode 106, Charitable Given Confidentially, right? And a verse that I've mentioned is Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. So just a quick reminder, we'll run through that, Daniel. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, Sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. All right, beautiful. Very good. So let's finish our text for today. Let's go to verse 17 and 18 from Matthew 6. 16 to 18. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, they already have their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head as you normally would to groom your hair 
and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by people, but by your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Very good. So remember our goal, or rather our God is a God who appreciates the sacrifices you make to him and therefore honor you. Right? Remember that our God appreciates the sacrifices that you make to him. Therefore, the honor you should be looking to receive should be from God and not from man. The honor you should be looking to receive is God's honor, not man. What makes our society a double-edged sword at times is when Everything is going well, right? People will praise you. They love you just like they did Jesus. If you remember, they loved Jesus for what he did, not for who he was. Again, they loved Jesus for what he did, not necessarily who he was, right? When Jesus was here on earth, he healed the sick. He fed the hungry. He gave sight to the blind. He was praised by people. Because he blessed them. And then all of a sudden. Lies were told. Hatred and jealousy. And discord was present. And a new narrative. Came about. That was installed. Just like many of us. There are narratives. That are placed on us as believers. Of course those narratives. Aren't necessarily true. In most cases. But you have people who find that lies are more entertaining than the truth. And as a result, people will run your name right through the mud. You're going to hear negative things and people will curse you to your face. Right. And we see that in scripture. And I want you to know that. Eventually, you'll start to realize. A lot of people will be on your side when things are going well, but when they get bad. The only person that will remain on your side in your corner that you can call to that you can rely upon is God. And one of the prime examples that we see in scripture is Joseph, right? Joseph experienced a scripture where he says he will never leave you nor forsake you. Unfortunately, we can't say the same thing about most people, right? Once things go bad, there's no telling that eventually. They're looking to jump ship. Right now, there are those one day. Individuals, those day one individuals, right, the day one individuals who will stay and that can be viewed as family members that can be viewed as friends that you've met and you sort of have a great balance. Right in the philosophical aspect, the thing I mentioned about Aristotle, the three types of friendships, I would call these the friendships of goodness. Okay, now this happened to Jesus, by the way, and this is exactly what I'm telling you. So let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 32. We're going to look at this in the English Standard Version for confirmation in regards to the narrative that I'm presenting to you. Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come. When you will be scattered, 
each to his own home and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. So here it is, Jesus expressing the fact that when it was his hour and his time, all his disciples were scattered. Now, obviously, those who know the story, Peter spoke about being there with our Lord. He spoke about defending him, right? In one case, he cut the guy's ear off. But then when it was time to really legitimately declare his relationship with Jesus, his connection with Jesus, his follow, his self calling himself a follower of Jesus, he was. But he betrayed him. He denied him three times, right? So point is, when things get rough and tough, a lot of times we don't have that person, that day one that's going to stick with you. And as long as you realize and recognize that God is that day one person, then you can move with much more authority, much more confidence, much more commitment, much more positive outlook because you have the person that's going to be there for you. So now let me discuss the most important thing with this podcast and why we titled the podcast or what we titled it. When I first decided to fast, I had to realize one important thing, right? Once I realized this, my whole mood changed. To this day, my mentality going in every time I fast has changed. And this is when I realized that fasting is not about achieving something. It's about receiving something. When I realized fasting, it's not about achieving something. It's about receiving something. So think about this from a practical standpoint for a second. How often do people go into something with the mindset to achieve that something? And then once it's completed, they still feel empty inside. They don't actually feel fulfilled a lot of times. They don't feel content. Instead, they set their sights and focus on something else. And then this person doesn't experience the joy that others feel. They have this void that needs filling. So I personally realized that when I fasted, I needed to receive from God instead of achieving for myself. There's a big difference. This is what makes the purpose of the action necessary to know when you go into fasting, right? Think about it. I I use another, I use a secular example, right? I'm a, a modern example. When you work out, the goal is not to achieve the success. The goal is to receive the results. You're looking for results, right? You're probably looking in the mirror to see if you're losing that weight or you're looking to see if there's some muscle definition or you're looking to see if anything has changed or you're going on the scale and you're looking to see that I drop any weight. You're looking to see if there's anything that I need to make adjustments to. Right. The whole goal is you're looking for results. And if results aren't visual or the numbers aren't changing, then you feel unsatisfied. I give you another example. When I went to college. And I started taking courses. I found myself taking these classes just to get the passing grade. Right. I couldn't care less about the subject at hand. Immediately once I changed. Right. Because midway I changed my thought process to 
receiving instead of achieving. And I learned more in those courses than I ever thought I would. In fact, I find myself retaining more information. And today I actually referenced the things that I've learned in those courses. Sometimes when we go into things and we go into hoping to make a difference or we're going into a situation where we want to maximize why we're going, sometimes it's the mindset. And I can tell you that completing the degree wouldn't be as fulfilling if I kept the thought process the way I have it. And that was just looking to achieve. Because guess what? If you're just looking to achieve, then you're not really looking to embrace what it is. You're not enjoying the process. Even right now, when I study for the LSAT, I'm trying to enjoy the process. I'm trying to make myself feel interested about the material. Because the more you're interested about the material, the easier the process is. Like you actually feel like you're part of it. Right. But if you're just looking to get the good grade, you just get it done. Then you can't necessarily point to or mention anything about the process going in. Right. And it could be something you hate. But guess what? I think the friends and people that, you know, when you talk about it, they'd be like, man, I remember that time when I did this course. I remember that time when we went through that and we studied all night. So I'll turn it over to Daniel here before we obviously mentioned the importance of scripture here in terms of one of the things I spoke about fasting, and that's revisiting the idea of receiving information. When you look back over some of the things you've done, whether it was learning how to play the game, right, the fight night games, the boxing, were you just looking just to get past it or did you begin to enjoy the process? And when you began to enjoy the process, then you were much more easier. It was much more easier for you to retain the information. You actually enjoy the process of playing the game. Like, Speak a little bit about that. Oh, that's what give. Can I have a second to think? Yeah, sure. I think for me, it's a little bit different. I wouldn't say I was looking to receive anything, and I wasn't really looking to achieve anything either. But I was trying to work towards an ideal, and it was um, the ideal was I want to be able to do what I want to do when I want to do it, and I wanted to be adaptable. And if I can showcase what it was that I could do, um it resulted in me getting a, you know, a severe amount of respect and people actually understanding my ideology. So I think it's a little bit different for me. Okay. So let me, let me ask you this question, because what I'm saying is when you played the game, let's just Mm -hmm. talk about specifically the game. How did you, did you enjoy the, the process of learning the different techniques yeah, I did. Okay, so I would say along that path, when you're trying to engage yourself into something, you have to almost enjoy it because if you don't enjoy it, you're looking more to just completing it and not necessarily enjoying what it took to get to where you are, right? So before you got to a point where you beat the number one ranked player in the game, right? And you became a person that you can teach people. 
there's no way that you're going through that process and you didn't get to a place where you actually enjoyed doing it, right? Like you actually became part of it to the degree where your your desire and your success became in sync as one. To the, the degree that it was second nature, just like for anybody that catches a football or shoots a ball into the basket, all that training, everything that you've done to get to that point where you've mastered it, it became more, much more comfortable. Would you say that? Yeah, it became more comfortable because you could do it like comfortably or you can do it without thinking about it twice. Okay. And that's what I'm saying in regards to fasting. That's what I'm saying in regards to my education. That's what I'm saying in general is that you received the process. You accepted the process. And rather than looking at the end goal of the success, that wasn't where your focus was. Your focus no, wasn't there. Just, it, yeah. Your focus is like on just, doing exactly it's not really yeah mm -hmm. that's the, that's the best way to put okay. it the simplest way to put yeah. it is you kind of just become focused on you, you doing whatever or like Kyrie Irving would say you you got really good at your craft yeah you got really good at your you're craft. not focused on that's a mistake I think that um when it comes to let's say competitive anything right when you're trying to uh, achieve or you have a goal, it's like, well, how am I going to win the fight, right? Mm -hmm. Or how am I going to win the match? Or how am I going to score the touchdown or whatever? You don't. The focus should never be on, like, scoring a touchdown. It's like, how can we pick up um, positive yardage, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we hit the short passes? And then that becomes a first down, next thing you know. And then after the first down, it's like, well, we need to make sure that we're blocking correctly or we need to make sure that we're setting up the plays right. Next thing you know, you will score a touchdown just because everybody's functioning and focusing on what it is that their role requires them to do. So it's no different than when you said you are trying to receive something. You receive something because you're focused on the intent of the process. That's how you get the goal. You don't get the goal by wanting to go. Exactly. So that's what I would say. Like, so if you're out there and you're fasting, then you're enjoying every aspect of it. That means Yeah, you're... if you focus on being hungry while you're fasting, like let's, you know, make it practical. If you just focus on like, oh, you know, I haven't had any food in, in six hours and I feel this pit in my stomach and uh I have this urge to want to get some focusing on that is like you're gonna break your fast because all you're trying to do is trying to trying to eat. Exactly. Whereas like if you're hoping to receive um, let's say you want to be close to God, right? So you fast. You want a stronger, uh, stronger spiritual connection with with God. If you're doing things that I don't want to say distracts you, but like you said, we can sit down and just learn different things about God. So you're reading your Word. You're not engaging in secular activity. You may sit back and meditate a little bit. You may pray, and you may talk about things that with God that you feel you need to improve on or why it is that you want to improve on. Maybe what experience brought you to there. Next thing you know, the day is over and you go to sleep, you wake up, you do it again. And for example, I've done some three day fast. That's how you get through it. It's not, you don't get through the fast by uh, focusing on the things that you used to do beforehand. It, it will be very easy to break your fast afterwards. Cause you're focusing on, on the negative side of things, not, 
the things that you need to do in order to showcase you need to be closer to God. So it's the same thing. You're eating your fruits, you're eating your vegetables. If you're worried about meat and what it's like to have a burger right now or what it would be, you're going to break the fast, man. So yeah so that's i think that's how I would yeah so that's 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 the gist of what i'm saying if you're mm-hmm. in your fasting you want to make sure hey if you're reading your word you're highlighting oh there's a word i don't know let me go check the greek let me go check the hebrew oh let me check this different translate this translation you're being extremely intentional and that's what i do all the time that's what makes the word of god so interesting for me i don't just do it in the fasting context but i do it normally and you start to realize there's much more about reading and studying and breaking stuff down that you get super interested in it to the degree that you can't wait to share it. You can't wait to talk about it, You can't wait. That's spending time with God. That's literally what that is. And the employment, the employment here is that we should do that much more. Right. It doesn't always have to come in a context of fasting, but. When we talk about devotional time, which we'll get to at the end, and we talk about prayer in the beginning, we're talking about Bible study. These are the things that I'm pointing into that I think that's what gets you to the degree where you're having a legitimate relationship with God. But right, reading one verse a day and probably never thinking about it again and going throughout the other day, it's like you're trying to just fit God into your schedule. But if you're, if you're praising and worship, if you're, you know, praying, you're talking, you're writing scriptures down, you're remembering scriptures, you're meditating on the scriptures. That's the true meditation, meditation on what you've read. You start to see how God shows up in your day much more often than you thought he did. And that's the more powerful effect of why fasting and devotion is a key to you growing closer to God and being more intentional with what was written so you can see how it benefits you. So here are two examples of why fasting happened and what was received instead of achieved. So let's go to the book of Daniel, chapter 9, verse 23 in the English Standard Version. Oh, I will ask Jonathan to read this because I don't want to be arrogant. Oh, yeah, you you, you try to be funny. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> He's still a yo. Oh, Daniel. I have now come out to give you insight and understanding at the beginning of your plead for mercy. A word went out and I have come to tell it to you for you are greatly loved. Therefore, consider the word and the understanding and the vision. So Daniel and this. So here's the thing, right? Daniel didn't achieve anything. Instead, he received the information. Because the information was not only insightful and understanding, but we're going to go to Jonathan so that he can read one of my favorite verses in the book of me. is chapter 10, verse 12. He said to me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before your God, your word has been heard and I have come because of your words. So what Daniel was seeking during this time of fasting is the understanding that something he was looking for is to receive, not to achieve. And, you know, for the last verse, uh, we'll go to um, 
something familiar past just because we have done this book before and that is luke chapter 4 verses 1 through 3 in the english standard version okay and jesus full of the holy spirit returned from the jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by the devil he ate nothing during those days and when they ended he was hungry so looking at that verse right jesus was led by who the spirit to receive what experience not necessarily achieve so when you think about what jesus went through right we know that jesus ministry only lasted three and a half years and this was the test the test was to prepare him for his journey and what god the father has set him off to complete that only of course he can do right so again these are three instances where daniel was looking to receive information and as a result he sent out a cry he sent out a prayer he actually fasted and when the individual the angel came to provide him that information war took place not physical war but a war of words transpired and that war of words happened and it took a while right now i don't know how that's translated into angel years angel months or hours but we know that that period of time was necessary and of course in order for Daniel to receive the information, he had to sacrifice something that he cared about and something that he relied upon in order to receive something from God. Same thing with Jesus. Jesus went through the desert for 40 days and 40 nights in preparation for his ministry. And he received and also implemented and actually put into practice scripture when he was tested. Right. It shaped and fashioned and humbled him to the degree that before he actually started his ministry, he got a taste of what it would take. So it wasn't him like we talked about. I don't think for a second Jesus on the first day was thinking about food. Right. At one point in scripture, he says, I have many. I have much food to eat that you know nothing about. Right. That's a completely different conversation he was having with the disciples and they thought he didn't pack lunch. But the point is is that these were periods and times where in order to receive something from God, they sacrificed. And it was had little to do with them looking at the end, but rather them appreciating the process. And Jesus, during this period of time, was tempted, obviously, with bread, was tempted with the kingdom of God, with the kingdom's of the world was tempted with political power, tempted economically, tempted religiously. And during these times, he embraced it, quoting Deuteronomy in response to the devil during this time. It was a blueprint laid out before us where we can learn from what Jesus did when faced with trials and tribulations and temptations. And it's because of that we received something from the example that Christ laid before us on how we can respond appropriately when the time is needed. So I'll end by saying this. Fasting is a personal thing. 
you should be looking to receive from God instead of achieving the goal that you finish. Right. And during that time of finishing that duration of time that you set aside. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the additional steps that it takes. Enjoy what you're learning as you're going, the disciplines, the practices of abstaining. What's going on in your mind, the battles that's happening in your mind. Enjoy that. Enjoy the process. Appreciate the sacrifice you make, because I know God appreciates the sacrifice. And most importantly, experience God during this time of appreciation and his presence. There's a saying, there's a passage actually in Revelations that talks about, and I mentioned this on my pod, on, on my, in the Facebook group, the need and necessity for worshiping God in spirit. And during that time, John heard something in the spirit while worshiping in the spirit, which means you'd be surprised how often God speaks in quiet time and devotional time and study. And reading in scripture and when you're practicing Matthew 7, 7, you do more of that. I believe without a doubt. You hear much more from God and your relationship will grow. Remember, your relationship develops, but in order for it to develop is what you put or what you pour into that relationship that can allow it to grow. If you're not pouring anything into the relationship, how can you expect it to grow? Just like if you don't water a tree or a plant, how do you expect it to grow? You got to feed it. You got to give it time. You got to give dedication to it. You got to give it sunlight. Most important thing is it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight, but it happens. The more you pour into it, the more it comes out. So with that being said, is there anything else you want to add, Dane, before we go into devotional time? I'm just glad that we got the read out of the book of me today. So um, that's pretty much the only thing I have to add. Well, we'll see how you become when we actually go to that book. So today's devotion is meditate on God. And the first that we're going to take a look for that will set the tone is in the book of Psalms, chapter 46, verse 10. And this is out of the King James Version. And it says this, be still and know that I am God. Pretty simple, right? Well, understand this. There is a time to earnestly pray for what you need, but there's also a time to meditate, to think deeply on who God is. At times like that, focus entirely on him and keep your mind from wandering. God will reward you with a deeper knowledge of his nature and love. God's command says, the same thing that we just went over in, Paul, in Psalms, I'll remind you, it says, be still and know that I am God. And you are still your heart and focus on knowing him that he is almighty, God, supreme, holy, beautiful, and of course, glorious. You should also meditate on the wonderful things God has done in your life and in the lives of others. Think of his miracles, both great and small. I meditate on your works I muse on the work of your hands. And that's out of the book of Psalms also, chapter 143, verse 5. That in the New King James Version. When you read the Bible, pause at a verse and meditate deeply on its meaning. Meditate on God and the things of God today. So dear Father in heaven, may I meditate on you and your word. 
not only now, but throughout the day. Please give me a deep spiritual insight into who you are. And in Jesus' name, I ask. And we all say, Amen. Amen.